After all, there is nothing real outside our perception of reality, is there? Pas te dire ce que tu peux faire pour moi. Tu vas voir, c'est pas compliqué. Tu me parles pas. Tu me poses pas de questions. If you wish to avoid prosecution, I would advise that you comply with our language laws. This is the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the RCMP. That's the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. I'm your host today, Becky Shrimpton, and next up in our special series on 2019's Hot Docs, I'm talking to Rama Rao about her documentary, The Daughter Tree, which is going to be premiering at Hot Docs this April 27th at 6.30 in the Tiff Bell Lightbox Theatre here in Toronto. If you are not in Toronto, that's totally cool. You can also follow the progress of the film and uh, check out Trinetra Productions. I'll have the link for that as well as the Hot Docs website so you can get more screening times in the show notes as well as on the website at RCM Pod. The Daughter Tree documentary explores the cultural preference for baby boys, which is all across the interior of India, even in 2019. It follows this kick-ass midwife who counsels and advocates for baby girls. It also follows these three brothers who live in a village of men where there hasn't been a little girl born in the past three decades and uh, what the ramifications of that are. And it also shows you this tiny village where they have a plan for saving baby girls, and it's brilliant, and it's poetry. My interview today is with Rama Rao, and she is a Canadian Screen-nominated documentarian who is known for her incredible character pieces. Her work tackles uh, pretty serious topics, but she has this warmth and poetry and kindness and wit, which makes them just as watchable as they are poignant. And here is my chat with Rama Rao. I am a very big fan of your work. I've been following you uh, ever since the uh, the League of Exotic Dancers. Oh, that thank movie you. is so much fun. And uh, I wanted to know, uh, I know obviously this isn't your first rodeo at Hot Docs. What was your first sort of interaction with Hot Docs? How did you become aware of it? Oh, I've been for years and years going there as a fresh filmmaker, as a newbie. When I came straight from India, it was my the first community I discovered was Hot Docs. Um, And I became a member of the Documentary Organization of Canada, which really gave me a sense of community. And our big thing every year was to go to Hot Docs. So that's how I'm very familiar with Hot Docs. And I've been, we all dream of having our films one day at Hot Docs. Finally, it happened the year before the League of Exotic Dances. I had the film on the Retia Parsons case in Hot Docs. But the next year, I had the opening night film, which was awesome. And this year I'm coming back with a film that's very close to my heart. Yeah, The Daughter Tree is unbelievable. I cried and I knew I was going to cry going into it, but I also cheered (laughs) a lot too. I'm I'm a little concerned whether I made it too depressing or it's too much for audiences. You know, it's kind of filling me with anxiety yet excitement to have it, to show it to an audience for the first time. So yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Uh, I can tell you for a fact, you're probably going to be okay. I have a friend whose like, approach to documentary watching is like, what is going to scour my soul from the very base? <laughs> and, and yours was on the list. And I was like, oh, man, oh, man, I'm gonna, I got to talk to her. I got to see this. And when I watched it, I actually felt uplifted and hopeful. There's so much hope and so much joy and so much poetry in this film. It's really stunning. Thank you. Yes, um, that's I, I really wanted to bring that because... I really feel when you take tackle such a tough topic, such a dark topic. Uh, and first of all, I came from a place where I did my research. I knew what I wanted to say. It took me years and years. And I didn't want to show women as victims. I'm so sick of that. So for me, the midwife really encompassed all that I needed to show uh, in a woman who fights back, who knows her landscape 
so well. And she's really like, you know, we all sit here in the West and we say uh, this, you know, bring down the patriarchy and do that to the patriarchy. But she's really doing that day to day, step by step. For me, that was amazing that I found her. And then I found the village of men and I wove these two stories. And then towards the end of my research is when I found the daughter tree village. And I said, oh, my God, I'm, I think I may have a film on my hands finally. So that's how it all came together. Well, the universe works in threes, right? As long as you've got three, you've got a magic number. Yeah. So how did you find the midwife in the first place? I was researching uh, in a hospital like this was five, five years ago, I think. At that time, I thought I'd have a pregnant woman as my main character. Um, so, you know. The nine months that she carries her baby would form a natural arc to the film. And at the end, it would be either a son or a girl. And we, you know, we don't know what it is. And through this pregnant woman, I'll research, sorry, I'll, I'll show the journey that women, uh, sorry, not even the journey, actually. It's the pressure that women have in India, in certain places in India to, to have sons. Then uh, as I did my research, uh, so so she was one of the midwives that I actually spoke to. And at that time, I thought she was just a, a conduit and you know, just somebody who would lead me to pregnant women. So I kind of just ch chatted with her in, in terms of research, just, you know, asked her questions and things. And then I came back to Canada and I kept trying for funding. And I said, OK, this is going to be a pregnant woman. So that happened for like two years. I shot a trailer. And then I realized, you know what, I can't make a film with a pregnant woman with uh, uh, the daughter-in-law of these households as the main character because they're never given a chance to talk. Even in the film, if you see the women, the pregnant women, the mothers barely talk because the mothers-in-law are the ones in charge, the men are the ones in charge. And I said, how am I going to make a film with the main character barely speaking? It's, it's you know, you, you can't manipulate, you can't force people. So I, that's when I said, you know what, I'm going to go find that midwife because she really stood out and among all the people I had met because she was crazy and loud and people hated her and loved her. So I went back and I, I literally like a detective, I went to my notes and I went back to India and I didn't even have an address. I just went to the, the town nearby and I said her name. I said, she's a midwife. She's been working here for 30 years. I need her. I need her phone number. And you won't believe this is the thing about India that you got to know what to do because I'm crazy, but it works. I literally stood in the main entrance of a bigger hospital and I asked every nurse there, hey, do you know this person? Hey, do you? And most of them looked at me like I was crazy. One person said, oh my God, you meet Neelam. She's in the next village. Why are you here? I said, I don't know how to get there. I need her phone number. I need, and she actually gave me her phone number. And then I changed all the way <laughs> to the next village, which was like one and a half hours away. And I found her and I said, I need you to be in this film. You got to be and you know, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, crazy. she thought, okay, crazy lady coming from Canada, but sure, I'll be in your film. And that's how I found her. Well, something I love so much about your films is that you develop such an intimacy with your subjects and you're able to get them to talk about stuff on camera that's just like, have they ever talked about this with another human being? And one of the things I love, and I don't want to spoil it, she tells a story later on to her uh, to her daughter slash like niece. Yeah. Um, that relationship's very, very tender. Um, yeah. That is the part where I just started to cry uncontrollably and or how do you get that sort of relationship with these people even the village of men that's a really great question and and I think that is why I keep making documentaries really um I think as women we communicate in different ways to each other and for me it's always been important 
to tell these stories. And for me, intimacy has always been not behind closed doors in a bedroom, but intimacy is when I can get into your head and speak to you in your own language. And that takes time, that takes trust, that takes so much. So we spend a lot of time before we start shooting. Like I don't just land up in someone's um, home with a camera. So it takes a lot of energy and time, but I think it's really worth it. And those are the kind of stories I want to tell from the inside where she trusts me, like no one has asked her the questions I've asked her. And even with League of Exotic Dancers, that's what I did, I did because telling women's stories, which has always been so unimportant all these years, I really think there's something there that uncovers what we hold deep within us and we, no one's asked us these questions. So for her, really, it was um, the first time someone's asked her, the first time she's been asked to examine herself you know, the parts where she says, oh, my God, this is why I'm, you know, I, I'm doing this, is her own self-discovery. And I think documentary does that so beautifully where it's a catharsis. It's also a self-discovery. It's so many things. And as the filmmaker, you need to be so respectful of them, of their space, of not pushing them into, into hating themselves or finding themselves in a place where they can't really understand what happened. So the trust is very valuable to me. And I want them to continue doing what they're doing because you don't go in there to disrupt what they're doing. So those are the things that I try to get out of my characters. And I'm very lucky that sometimes I do. And I'm very um, respectful of it. And when you're in the village of men, how much time did it take to get those brothers to <laughs> open up to you? Because I it can only took begin me to many years. That's why this film took so long to make because we had one set of characters. We filmed a lot with them, and then suddenly one of the oldest brothers said, "You know what? This is bringing shame on our family. We don't want you to come back." So they had to. They they just said no. Uh, I lost funders. I lost characters. It's just part of the game, and. I found, I found a, a line producer in uh, Bombay who would go into villages, talk to people, send me notes, send me photos. And she found this village um, which had, had become arid and, you know, uh, where this family of brothers were living and with really no way of finding a wife. And she said, let me know what you think. So then I flew down to meet them. And I knew that when I actually shoot, I'll need a male assistant director with me because they don't even look at a woman because first of all, they haven't met many women. And then here you are coming from Canada. You know, I, I, I didn't want to be intrusive. I, you know, for me, the authenticity of the piece is really important. So I took a male Hindi speaking local AD from Bombay who works in, in uh, films and, and we both sat and talked about the film. So I used to tell him what I want to, to talk to the men and I w they would know I'm there. It's nothing covert. But I just think men speak differently to men. So I would, I would be to a side and I would act like I'm doing something else, but I'm actually listening to them talking because they're very shy because they don't know women and they have not seen women. So the AD knew exactly what I wanted to ask. I'd give them a list of questions or we'd discuss after and before. Uh, and in between, I think after like around five or six days, they started getting comfortable with me and I would ask questions that I wanted to ask. So those were also, that was a difficult part, I think. That was the most difficult part to get the men to talk about not finding a woman. It's such shame for them, you know. So 
that's really for me the the tragic part of the whole thing. Rama, there's so many questions I want to ask you, and I know our time is short. What do you hope people walk away with when they walk out of this film? Um, I hope people will realize that this is a, a huge planetary problem. In funding, everyone would be like, this is happening in India. Why do we care? Like a, a German funder asked me that. Um, in Canada, I'm not finding an outlet for this film. I've, I've been rejected by both CBC and TVO because they're like, oh, it's got subtitles, we're not interested. So this is our problem. This is as big as the environment issue mm -hmm. because massive populations like China and India are skewing their male-female male ratios. It's going to affect us. And that's what I want people to understand, that this is a huge problem that affects all of us no matter where we live in. Uh, if they weren't such large populations, it's not. It, obviously, they, it, it would be a local problem. Do you have another Canadian documentary that you absolutely love that you'd recommend to our listeners if it's screening at Hot Dogs Now or something you've seen in the past? Oh, you know what? Um, I'm excited about the opening night uh, documentary. It's about the Colton Bushy case. And um, I'm very excited to see that because I really that case made me so mad. And I'm so happy that Hot Dogs has made that the opening night. And uh, my last question is, what do you think Canada needs more of to support its artists? I think we need to understand that people from different cultures come to Canada. And I think we need to loosen the whole thing of Canadian content. This is all Canadian content. I'm a Canadian and I'm making these films, but I'm not getting money. I got money out of uh, partly from the National Film Board, which I'm very grateful for. But I, I had to finish. I went to Germany and finished. I had to go to Europe. I, I put together money from France. Germany, Finland, and Norway. So that's really sad that, you know, we call ourselves a multicultural country, but we're like, oh yeah, that's not going to happen because, you know, you're not an English or French. And a Canadian point of view is going to be very different as you're, as you behind the yeah. camera as the documentarian than someone who is making that story from India. Exactly, yeah. Fascinating. Well, Rama, thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure to chat with you. Hopefully we'll have you on the show no eventually. Worries. anytime. <laughs> Take care. Okay, bye. Bye.